What up, it's your girl Ruby. I'm your wife, and I come from the net. Thank you for listening to Totally Tubular Transformer Dive Rangers episode 23. It's all coming together. I'd like to take a moment here and recommend to everybody a film here called Space Sweepers. It's a Korean film about people who clean up junk in space, and I should give no more details about it. It's on Netflix, it's the best damn thing I've ever seen in my life, and it describes my feelings about pretty much everything. If you want to know what it's like inside my brain, inside my little noggin up here, it's that. But enough about the critically acclaimed science fiction thrill fest that is Space Sweepers. Let's dive into the episode. A giant beast. A Lafaya, in the shape of a massive ship, beached on the shore of Bahamut's Bay. The crew of this ship, this says Rumnir, three shrine maiden of Zuans, are ambushed by the dive rangers. By both of them. Unit 1, Sam, Lucia, Donnie, and Reese. And Unit 2, Cal, John, and Shin. Quickly, it becomes a three-way tussle. Lucia zeroes in on Cal, pulling him from the group. Donnie, attacking Kron, an Abzuan with a horn that calls fire from the beach, says Rumnir. Reese and Shin, both untransformed, exchanging blows and words. Sam, using their new powers, takes shots at Un, who replies with their own bow and arrow set. And Kolja, a fiend with a massive sword, matches strikes against John and Selah. What is going on? <laughs> Immediately, I know. Just jump in right in here. When you say thick Viking sword, is it a sword made out of a Viking? No, it's just, it's a Viking sword, but it's thick. With two seats? It, it absolutely. Okay. It is fine. What do y'all do? Can I punch Reese in the face? Absolutely. You gotta roll for it, though. Hit me with a good old. Ah, oh, goodness. Ah, I get a fly right in my face. Hate this. Uh, hit me with a take action. An 11? Yeah, no, you successfully punch Reese right in the face. You definitely cause Reese to like have a bloody nose. Reese actually uh, reaches over across their nose uh, and shouts out, Ugh, <laughs> my nose. Ah! It looks better. And <laughs> I use the fish guitar to reflect a bow shot from on to Shanu? Yes, absolutely. Also be Yoon. Yoon. Uh, so what do you want me to roll for that? Uh, so if you're doing that, what do you think that's going to be? Because I feel like that can be... I feel like that's either take action or uh, under fire. Because if you're reflecting something, I feel like that could be under fire as well. Yeah. Um, I feel like... Under fire makes the most sense. Not that it's a good roll for me. Uh, so I'm going to roll that unmodified. Okie doke. My boldness is zero. Let's see what happens. Ewan right there is 
she's just shooting at you with bows and arrows and oh my goodness and that's a 10 yeah you without it without a doubt what does that look like whenever you deflect these so i angle the guitar just right and they ricochet off of the neck of the guitar so you can see that it almost you can see see that um on almost landed a hit and sam just kind of knocks the arrows away conveniently in the same direction that Shinu and Reese are. And so what do you, what does it happen? Like, does it hit both of them? Um, I will say that Sam was aiming more for the general direction because they were under fire. Um, you I, rolled as success, so you yeah. get to decide who gets hit. Yeah, uh, Sam was aiming in their general direction. We'll say because it was a success, uh, Shinu gets hit. Can I attempt to dodge out of the way? Nah, I think with success you ain't got that chance. You already take one harm. And know that you're on morph, so that's two harm actually. Oh. Get fucked. Ah, yeah, okay. Did he any shouts the, out across. Did any of the arrows not hit me and just kind of land in the ground? Yes. However, I'm going to let someone else have the chance to do uh, some cool stuff. Uh, Cal, what's it like fighting Lucia? <laughs> I imagine it's real awkward. <laughs> I imagine it's like one of those uh, DBZ fights where they just got their hands clasped and like growling at each other while power is shooting off them. Because they don't want to punch each other, of course. Not oh, yet, at least. no, I want you to know, Lucia is without a doubt not pulling punches with you right now. Hmm, I think after the, like, the first punch just, like, hits Cal square on then. He's she's like, probably okay. actually at a distance. She's, she's using her eel whip to just kind of slash mm. at you from a distance to not okay. get too close. And each time she just keeps on saying, like, Cal, walk away. Okay. And then uh, Cal is gonna return these whip attacks with uh, his sixth arm of the octopus, Stone Strangle. Whip for whip with stone tentacles instead. I love that. Hit me with a uh, take action. 11. Damn, we're just doing amazing at the start. They're, we're front-loading this, which means that y'all are going to have some terrible rolls later on. That is true. That's what happens. Okay, so then what does that look like when you go whip for whip with the stone strangle? I think there's a few, like, instances of the stones and the whip connecting, like, midair. And then, like, one uh, sneaks through and, like, knocks the whip out of her hand. Probably, like, spinning it around once, at least. Okay. Does it do any harm to Lucia? Probably. It does hit her hand, so... During this time, Donnie fighting against Huron, who is using that horn. Uh, Donnie is just going to town with these, like, pistol chakrams. Uh, and is just, like, shooting between his legs and stuff like that. Okay? Dude is just looking really cool. 
uh, as he's fighting against this. And as fire's raining down around him, he's like break dancing away from stuff. He has a very dance movement style to him. Lastly, John, you're fighting against Kolja and it's sword versus sword. Clang of metal between Selau and Kolja's thick Viking blade. Mm -hmm. What do you do? John is going to, as a sword strike comes down, he's going to uh, block with Selau's pommel and then do an upward slash. Okay. Roll me a take action. 11. Damn, yet again, we're just proving, like, everybody rolled success in their first little rolls here. So we're just proving that at the end of this episode, y'all are going to have nothing to roll for later. Yeah. Please stop saying that. And no, you're going to run out of your luck. You're able to actually slash across all of uh, Kolja. Uh -huh. You're able to knock her down onto her back. And as you actually put the sword, as you put Selau down to kind of push against her, you can actually hear Selau's voice inside your head. You can actually hear Selau's voice from the sword. You can actually, it goes from Selau yelling at you to strike decisively to a silence and then, John, I, I think I remember John. What do you, what do you mean Selau? What do you remember? Everything. Fight continued on after that. John kind of struggled around after Kolja was defeated, having a long conversation with Selau. Donnie was able to best Ron. Lucia and Cal were able to go into a stalemate. Reese, bloodied nose, was able to actually bloody Shinu's nose as well with a very well-timed headbutt. Sam was able to take down Yun, uh, but also Sam, you took like three arrows right to your chest. Mm. Like you were really cool during that fight up until you when you took a bunch of arrows. Sam actually learned how to fight at some point. Yeah, yeah, no, just a little <laughs> bit. I think Sam works a heck of a lot better with the new guys. Were any of the arrows to Sam's knee? Oh my god, no, we're not doing this. We're not doing this. Just in he used to be a Sentai Ranger until he took an arrow to the uh, <laughs> Why? Why? It's why? like uh it's like that one sequence in Shinkendra when uh old man Shinken Red walks up to uh, really like baby Takaru before dying and there's like uh, all the arrows that he has back. Uh, <laughs> so sad. Okay, so says Rumnir was eventually able to be pushed off of the shore and you basically saw it have a Viking funeral as uh, the three of you have or uh, not three, as the three sisters, uh, Hron, Kolja, and Hron are all kind of left over. The Unit 1 team 
pretty much looks over and says, y'all got the last one. We're taking these three. And at a certain point, John, you were too distracted with Selau for you to even notice that it happened. And before you know, and before Cal's able to really detest too much, uh, Unit 1 absconded away with the three sisters. It has been a little bit since then. There did leave with one jab by Reese in which they said, leave the hard fight to us. We can fight y'all and fight these monsters at the same time. Y'all can barely stand together as a group. We cut back to the bubble dive. Cal, John, and Shin all sitting together at a table, slightly demoralized after their win. It feels just like old times. Oof. Now, uh, I do want to say, we had somewhat discussed this about what I wanted to happen here and about kind of what you wanted to happen here, Matt. Can I have him show up as 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 the thing? Uh, yeah. Okay, cool. Three of you are sitting down at the table, waiting for your bubble teas that you've ordered, as Chad Dangerfield comes back, putting them down for y'all. <laughs> hey! What's up, Cal, John, Shanu? Ah, oh, what are you doing here? I didn't, I didn't think of you as a, as a bubble dive patron. Uh, how you doing? Uh, Chad, I'm your boss. We've been over this six times this week. Wait, you're my boss? That doesn't make sense. You're, you're never here. Tom and Nina are my boss. <laughs> you kidder. Have you ever looked at your paycheck? Wait, you guys give me paychecks? I thought this was just a cool gig that you guys let me do. I get paid for this? Whoa! Uh, why did Lucia leave? Gosh, it's so weird of her. Oh, wait, should I not say that around you, Cal? I know I know, you two have, like, a tiff or whatever. I'm trying not to get between the two of you. But, you know, I know how things are kind of, like, weird. Is this weird? Is this awkward, Cal? Is this an awkward it's, it's, thing? It's a little awkward. Okay, uh, okay, okay. Uh-huh. It's awkward because Lucia, she doesn't just want to talk to you anymore. Yeah. Yeah. You and and don't you keep talking about it. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. also the awkward part. So. And hey, I'm here for you, buddy. If you ever want to talk about it. Like if you want to talk about how Lucia just doesn't, she doesn't talk to you anymore and anything like that. She still uh-huh. talks to me consistently too. We would hung you, out would you the be other here? Night. Would you be here for me when I say don't talk about it at the moment? No, I'm here for you when you when you do talk about it. Why would I be here for when you don't talk about it? I can't be here when you don't do things, bruh. They hear a loud thunk as Cal's head hits the table again. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I got y'all's drinks. Uh, and then who ordered what? Cal ordered the cherry popper. <laughs> what did Shinny order? really doesn't matter what flavor he ordered because he just dumped an entire bottle of soju in it. <laughs> and then and then what did he order? Like like what did Cal order on behalf of John who has no idea what flavors are? Replacement 2. 
<laughs> I don't know. I kind of like the idea of, of uh, magical mood madness or Final Fantasia. Those, or maybe beef yum. I like I like all three choices. I I definitely think you got a beef yum. You definitely got beef yum. That was the flavor you got. You without a doubt you got beef yum. Awesome. Cal ordered the replacement to it for him, but uh, Chad made the beef yum. <laughs> hey, who had the <laughs> beef yum? Not only did he order or did he make the hey. beef yum, he made two of them. He interpreted replacement <laughs> two as order make two of them. Okay, 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 guys. I just thought of something. Beef yum is sort of like beef and yum. That's weird. Korean's a weird language. Sure is, uh, Chad. Uh, why did you make two of them? And it was I made two replacements. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll just take both. I don't care. And yeah, 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 yeah. He puts down all the drinks. Anyway, I'll see y'all around. And maybe I'll see you again here, Shidu. <laughs> so weird that you're here. And you're Korean and this place is Korean? That's wild. Jin turns to Cal. Please make up with your girlfriend. I am. I tried for the entire last fight. But you know how well that turned out. Yeah, she kicked your butt, didn't she? Oh, I should actually leave. Oh, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go this way. Yeah, don't worry, your secret's safe with me. I haven't told anybody that y'all are dive rangers. Bye. Thunk. How has he survived this long? No idea. Uh, so Selah remembered things. Uh, oh, okay. Actually, if 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 we're just gonna jump right to that, then oh, I'm I don't. Gonna... I, I was I don't I didn't know what else to say. Like, <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't. I, I didn't mean, know if anybody had any drinking. other. Shin, Shin just day drinking. I mean, Shin, <laughs> okay, are you okay. okay? Like, fine. Okay, there's fine, and then there's smile. I'm fine. <laughs> How's your nose? Dunk. It's fine. Cool, 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 cool. You're not fine. Cal, you begin actually having a beeping noise from inside your jacket from the beeper that no one else knows about. Okay. It's the beeper from your special friend, the friend that you've not told anybody about, I assume? Yes, I have not told anyone about. Uh, I think Cal would probably just, like, get up and say, like, we'll be back in a second. All right, Cal. Go to the bathroom. Uh, when you come back, could you um, bring a snack? Kind of hungry. That's what the, the beef yums are for. Okay, other than the beef yums, I like I need actual food. There is actual beef chunks in there. Haven't you seen yet? <sighs> I guess. <laughs> sure, whatever. Please, John. John, I want to. Please. 
please, Jan, let me take you this place. I have some place I think we need to go. I can make sense of it all then. Uh, where, where are we going, Salo? Everyone else can hear you, by the way, whenever you, you speak out loud like that. Yeah, I know, but but Salo can't hear me when I think to him, so. I was just, I was just wondering if 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 Shinu or or Cal had a response to that. Well, like I assume John's... Cal had walked away by now. So okay. And Shinu, do you do you have? Okay, fair enough. You're you're gonna have to trust me, John. I want you to go to the park. To that park. Please, John. Okay. Hey, Shinu, I gotta go. Uh, you um, you try to stay sober, and not drown in your sorrows. I'm Don't back. worry about it. And with John gone and Cal gone, and Cal gone's a pretty nice thing. That's a nice brand right there. Anyway, with Cal gone, and I assume you are not about to have Chad come back over, but you hear Chad in the distance just get someone's order completely wrong. Definitely. And the bubble dive feels empty, emptier than it really has ever felt to you before. Before you started doing Dive Ranger stuff, you don't feel like you belong here right now. Because chances are, you might not have spent that much time here. This was basically your home for a while. You might have slept back at the mansion, but this used to be a place that was warm to you. The one little piece of warmness that you had. And now it's cold. And in that cold feeling that you have, that's when you see Kath walk in. Sam, you unload all the equipment from the APC and you get a slap on your back by Reese. Ow. Hey, you uh, did pretty good out there. Oh, did I hit one of your arrow, arrow, arrow marks? You got hit by a bunch of, yes. bunch of those arrows. Ow. Yeah. Sorry about um, that. Yeah. Thanks, Reese. Hey, I want to say you did good out there, though. I, I appreciate you doing all this. We all appreciate you doing all this. Saul sends, yeah, she sends her regards. Um, Got to admit, must be pretty nice working with Saul and me again. Huh. It's refreshing. I, I really feel like I'm on the same wavelength as everyone else back here. Feels a little easier to get into the fray. Feels a little easier to coordinate. So, and to feel appreciated, to feel get feedback like that. I'm really thankful that we're doing this together again, Reese. You really don't know. I know it's been a while, but thanks, man. It's very nice to do this again. Yeah. But speaking of wavelength, it's funny you should say that because I want to make certain we're on the exact same wavelength. I talked with Saul and we both agreed as well as some of our superiors, that it's time for you to meet the people who run the show, not just the Reinhardts. We're 
we're talking it's time for you to meet the benefactors uh okay yeah that makes sense to me what do they want to do well are you free right now yeah uh, i just finished unloading all the stuff so i can go well then let's head on out and Reese actually begins taking you out from the garage over to Reese actually jumps inside of a convertible and kind of says, hop on in. Okay. Two of you drive on off to a area on the outskirts of town. This is actually not too far away from where the pit fight was. Out in this area, you notice it as an underground storage facility that, at this point, Shin knew about, but never really visited and never really paid too much attention to. And if Shin were to visit it now, would notice that all the, well, all of the codes for it would be completely changed and he'd be locked out. As Reese goes inside a hidden entrance that leads into an underground garage, much like where they just came from, Reese guides Sam over into deeper into the facility. Down inside, that's whenever you actually pass by Albrecht Reinhardt, who smiles and gives a little nod. Not I, far away from him, you actually I pass. Not far away, you actually then see the woman who must be Stella Albrecht. Oh, just Stella, uh, Stella Reinhardt, Albrecht's wife. She Same raises her glass wave. as a toast. Same awkward wave. <laughs> After you pass by them, you then actually see Jinu Kim. Jinu Kim is a member of the uh, Bowen board. Uh, let me see what his exact position was. I totally have forgotten. Because how often do you need to bring it up, right? Uh, Jinu Kim is the acting chief uh, financial officer taking over for uh, J.U. Kim. J.U. Kim, you would recognize, and Jinu Kim, you would recognize as being... Well, Jinu is Shinu's uncle, mm -hmm. to give you an idea of, of what you recognize, and you would definitely recognize him. He walks on over to Reese and says, Reese, this is, this is quite the opportunity here now. I am absolutely pleasured to see you again, Sam. As always, Jinu. I want you to know that I was actually the one who reached out and made certain that you would get this invitation. Albrecht, of course, was a little bit closer by. I've just come over here from Las Cruces. Things are changing, and right now, the times need to change with them, I guess you could say. But enough about things that we are doing. I think it's about time for you to understand not just what we are, but also a larger we. 
it's time for you to meet the benefactors, which is important. Reese has been able to meet them, as well as Levette. Lucia and Donnie, however, well, we're not certain that they would understand at this juncture. So we're going to continue to keep them a little bit in the dark. Hopefully you understand this discretion is important. Right. The other two are a little younger. They haven't been in the company as long, so I get it. Mm -hmm. Exactly. They're going to be just this way, but more importantly, I I think it's finally time we also quash another thing for you to know. When we say the company, when we talk about Bowen Humanicore, right now that is a means to an end. This right here, what we are, this building, and many more to come, we are our own thing. We are the wolf in sheep's clothing. Just remember that, okay? Okay. Whenever you're ready, Mr. Kim. Right this way. And Reese follows along with you as Jinu Kim follows ahead and leads you down a winding staircase down to a large room. And in fact, this large room has a massive reflecting pool in the middle of it. And as you enter in, lights shine around into the reflecting pool. It is a bright blue color. The room swirls with feeling that you only remember whenever you've transformed. And as you get closer to this, to the water in this pool, you begin recognizing it as, as the water from that ocean that you've seen so many times before. And as you get right up to the precipice of this, Jinu sh stops you puts his hand out and then kneels in front of it. Reese, right next to you, also kneels. What do you do? I look left, I look right, and I kneel on both knees. Janu speaks with a very purposeful and proud voice. I have brought one of our I have brought one of our warriors. I wish to enlighten them to let them know what we all know here. I wish for them to understand your mission. And then from the water rises two large figures, both of them between seven and eight feet, blue and green tint to their skin. They are both fish-like. It is clear from looking at them that both are Abzuans. 
and they look at you, Sam, and they ask for you to stand. And I get to my feet. Jinu looks at you and says, these are the benefactors, Ron and Aegir. And Ron and Aegir look towards you, Sam. And they ask you, both speaking at the same exact time. Sam, what do you know about Bowen Humanicor? This isn't one of the things where I like immediately swap over to a like to to a second thing. This is this is like straight up like I actually asking. Oh, okay. Yeah. Bowen Humanicore is an organization that has allowed me to discover a lot about this world and has tapped in to forces I had been skeptical of before a few years ago. Do you know about their origins? And they clearly just ignore what you've just said. Oh, cool. Uh, I mean... I know what was po- I know what Shin asked me to put on the website a few years ago. There are four founding families to your Bowen Humanicore. There, of course, was the Bowens, Lila and Rickhart Bowen, both involved in the town and the building of Bahamut's Bay in the 1880s. Rickhart, of course, dying before the dream was ever actually accomplished. Lila, in her Late age, forming and founding the company in full, named of her husband, Bowen Humanicor. Along with that was the Yongs. And can I can I get a pronunciation of uh, of Shinu's uh, father's name, real quick? Bomin. 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 Bial. Bialmin. Okay, Bialmin. Thank you. Okay. Took me a moment. Took me a moment. Bialmin. The Yongs, Bialmin Yong, and his brother, Hyong Yong. The Kims, Jeyu Kim, and her brother, Jinu Kim. And the Reinhardts, Stella and Albrecht Reinhard. The four families together formed the core of Bowen Humanicore at the time. They've all somewhat been scattered. The loss of Byomin and Jeyu was profound. Kion, obviously, did not stay. Stella and Aubrecht, they both left soon after as well. They didn't leave too far. Aubrecht, of course, created his own corporation, Dynatech. And Dynatech is more or less what we are now. What this is. What, what you have created here. And what we wish to create for you. And of course, there is still Jiu Kim. I don't think it has to be said. Lila is long since gone, and her 
betrothed as well, finally to reach. The founding families are all, they're all to the dust. Tess Goodwin has tainted the corporation, has moved it away from its original values, have lost the original benefactors. We have been lucky enough to reach out to become your new benefactors. Tess would not have us, however. Tess assumed that we could only make things more complicated for them. We are not like the other Abzuans. We are not like Dagon. We, we wish to unite this world. We wish to make it stronger. We wish to give you the means to make this your kingdom. And all that we necessarily need in return is safety for a few among us. Many of us are able to hide among your kind if we so choose. Others are, of course, free to continue to live their lives in cities under the oceans, never to be found. We have no dreams of conquest like Dagon. We have no dreams of destruction like Davy Jones. And in the back, Reese sneers at hearing the name. We, we only wish to make things right and to undo the harm that other Abzuans have caused. Sam, what do you say to that? So what you so what would you have me do? What you've already done. Fight with us, and we will make certain to give you the strength to take down the Abzuans, to protect your world, to make things right. How many more are out there hiding among the humans? And it's hard to say. But we suspect that you've already had run-ins with those that are hiding among us. Sam winces involuntarily. Their mind is racing. They can't quite figure out who this would be referring to. They assume Shin, but, you know, probably not. Would you continue fight with us, knowing that you would be fighting under the auspices of the Bzuans? You have the trust of a lot of people that I trust. I'm willing to extend that because I need something to believe in. We're happy to have that faith be put in us. All right. Cal, you meet with Nabila and her bodyguard, Sahin El Mofti. Yep. But you're not meeting in the usual location. You're not meeting at her museum apartment. 
Instead, you are actually meeting at the docks. The ones not far away from where you fought the Piranha Pirates way back in the beginning, when all this started. Different place this time. Didn't like the apartment today. It's because I wish you to... Well, it's because I think it's been enough time for me to throw all sorts of mysteries at you. You've asked me so many questions, and I hate to dodge any one of them. But last night you asked me who I am, and I told you not yet. Well, I can't imagine why I shouldn't tell you who I am. But I think it'd be better for me to show you. Okay. And she turns yeah. out towards the ocean, where the dock is. And from there, you see a ship, a submersible begin to... Let me say that again. A submersible. Still didn't quite say that right. A ship. I'm just going to say that. You see a ship begin to raise. And you recognize what it looks like. You saw this almost organic metal that was attached to, says Rumnir, that was attached to the Kraken. You've seen it on so many things that Nabila has shown you. This is an Abzuin vessel. Behind you, Sinan stands and puts a hand on your shoulder. You are free to go if you wish. But I urge you strongly to follow her. I wouldn't think otherwise. And Nabila goes right inside the vessel. Sainan, with arm still on your shoulder, what do you do? I... Cal will follow. He'll, he'll look once at the hand on his shoulder and uh, follow after. As the three of you get inside the submarine-type vessel it begins to submerge in the meantime as you wait during travel Nabila looks at you from the moment I first smelled you I knew I could smell you across campus Is it wrong to say that I've been watching you? It sounds more like you've been smelling me, but sure. You don't smell like them, Cal. Cool. All of them up there 
their world. You don't smell like a human. It's slightly there. A little bit. Not entirely gone. But there's something else that overpowers it. You're not like them, Cal. I do know that. I have known for a while now that I'm not exactly human. It's because you're a monster, Cal. That's what it is. You're a monster. But I could never figure out what exactly I was. But you seem to know. If only I did. I don't know any better than you. I only know that you are not like them. That makes you more like us. Just being different doesn't make me like anyone. I still have lived a human for a majority of my life. My attendant, Sanin, he has raised me most of my life. I've had contact with my mother, but for the most part, it's it's been up there among people. I've heard so many stories. I know so many tales about my people, but I've spent a life watching. And I know I'm not like them. Like I said, Cal, you're more like me than you are like them. And she actually looks vulnerable as she says that. I guess you're right again in the end, like always. I'm going to miss those times when I'm always right. Soon you'll know as much as I do. We'll see if I'm still right after that. I believe it is time for us to become more appropriate for our company. Yeah, of course. And Nabila begins to wince as you see her begin to change. She grows a slight little bit taller, not too much more, at most five, six inches. She was already rather tall for her size, and now you can see that she is actually rather small compared to other Abzuans like her. Sanin, on the other hand, grows... Dang it. Sorry. I forgot to change that. Sanin grows a considerable amount. Must add a bit, about two, three feet onto his height. And already absolutely massive stature. Well, that's intimidating. As, as like, uh, Cal, like, cranes his neck to look up at Sanin. 
And before you know it, they have docked. And Sanin, standing, hunched over inside the vessel, opens the port. As you walk out and you immediately see the palace. And underneath the palace and the steps below, you see the city. You see thousands, tens of thousands of Abzuans going about their day, going about their lives, living in this absolute metropolis. Wow. This is uh, quite a sight. Sanin puts a hand on your shoulder. Yes, it is. We are in Lemuria. The bastion of our people. Nabila stands next to you, slightly looking down at your stature. Would you like to meet my mom? Sure. I'm always open to meeting new people. Nabila walks forward and guides you towards the palace steps. Sanin looks at you as you stand there and keeps a close, firm eye on you. I think Cal's like uh, jogging to keep up with everyone now. since Sabila was already taller than him to begin with. <laughs> As you enter the throne chambers of the palace, this massive, opulent room, larger than anything you've ever seen before, silk adorns every single corner. It is opulence that you've never seen. And in the center, you see a throne. And sitting on it, you see... Give me a second, I totally forgot the name, uh, the subtitle that I gave her. Sitting in intense anticipation. You see the Boundless the woman that you can only recognize as the Boundless. And she calls out to Nabila. But she doesn't say that name. Instead, she calls out Nephethus. It is a delight and pleasure for you to come back into this bounty. And she stands, and if you thought Sanin was intimidating, she stands tall 
easily 14 feet. Towering over this room, as you continue to move closer, you notice this throne is gargantuan. And she leans down practically to a kneel in order to embrace her daughter as Nephethys holds her mother close. And then she darts her eyes towards Sanin and calls him by another name as well. Sobek, have you been treating my daughter well? I can only imagine so. Of course, my liege. And he nods and kneels and lays his head towards the ground. And who is this that you've brought to me, my dear daughter? This is Cal Capogo. He looks human but he is not. Calcopogo, what is your story? Uh, uh yeah, uh, Cal takes a, a big goal and like, uh, well, I, uh, this is, a uh, all new. Of what what part do you want to know? I'm sure this is all very this is this me this must be so much for you in this moment. I would have hoped that Nephethys has told you as much as she thought she was able to prepare you for this moment. Let me then give you one last piece of preparation. I am now Nat, known as the Boundless. I, I am the creator of the drivers. I sit at the seat of the palace of all Abzuans. These are my people. I am their queen. I think uh, after Cal finishes uh, picking his uh, jaw off the floor, he uh, uh, recounts some of what happened to him in the last uh, year. How long has it been since he started? He doesn't I would know. say it's been about <laughs> seven months. I'm going to say yeah. seven months, and we're, again... I have been playing fast and loose with time. So <laughs> if it, it does not equal seven months prior to, to, to this moment, whew, we'll just retcon it. It's, it'll mm -hmm. be fine. It's been seven months of action and uh, adventures and uh, heartbreak and terror and horrible days and voices and heads. And uh, Cal tells a story of a Young, not human, learning to use the drivers from to the creator right before him. <laughs> you know, 
no one else could use the could use your driver quite as well. Not quite like her. Her? The original user. There have been many after her, of course. After what happened, there, of course, were people who wished to use the power to continue on. Could never quite work. I'm sure you've witnessed the same thing. Hell nods, yeah. I have seen it. I'm sure my daughter Nephethys has been potentially needlessly cryptic with you. I don't want that to be the case with me. Cal, it is not just because you are whatever you are. It is not just because you are not human that you interest me. It is that you are able to use that driver. You are able to be so proficient at it, and yet at the level it is. That is what I'm most interested in. The that level? Have the level, the step, whatever you'd call it. You have not yet awakened the true potential of it. And yet, you call forth such magical powers. That is remarkable only. It is a level of remarkable that could only best me and your original. That is why I'm interested in you, Cal. That is why you stand before me now. I didn't think it was that difficult to use a driver like this, I guess. Of course. Because it all came naturally to you. I wish to make you even stronger. I wish to give you something that will that will hone your powers beyond what they currently are. If you so effortlessly are able to reach where you are now, imagine under the right tutelage, you could be even stronger. But I suppose it is not quite fair for me just to say this. Cal? I'm sure you have so many questions. Like you wouldn't believe. Well, there's no rule about only being allowed to ask one. Ask away. So this is this is like I actually could ask questions now. Yes, yes, you can actually ask questions. Sweet. Sweet. 
Y'all, y'all know me so well that like when I ask a question, you're anticipating me to pause and then change the like the frame of the story. No, I mean, I'm yeah, actually I giving you. I know I'm actually giving you the chance to ask questions for once. Mm -hmm. I'm not being needlessly cryptic, which is why oh. I made Nabila needlessly cryptic. She was <laughs> she was a reference to how I give out pieces of the story. Uh. Now you now you get to. I'm not just giving you crumbs. I'm letting you have whole slices of cake. So slice it mm -hmm. up. Okay. Okay. I guess the most burning question I have on my mind right now is what would you uh, go through all this to to tell me about all of this power that I have and I, I could possibly obtain and do all this for just because I am like the original user. Is there nothing more than that? You've also caught the eye of my daughter. It is that simple. You hold potential in you, but not just the potential of strength, not just the potential of magic, not just a potential that was seen in you by one of my most trusted aides. You are here because I believe it is better for you to be here than to be where you are now. I see no reason why we have to be enemies. And then, I guess this is a follow-up to my previous question, but do you side with Dagon in destroying all that's above? I do not side with Dagon in destroying all life above us. I side with Dagon in writing the balance of all life. It is not Dagon's search to destroy what you have. It is Dagon's it is Dagon's quest to make change necessary in this world. Think about the ones that have attacked you. Think about the Abzuans who are currently destroying your town. Were they us? Were they Dagon? No. They are those who... who do not wish to see Abzu in life return. They are those who have betrayed us and wish only to gain for themselves. Dagon wishes to live in peace with everyone else. That peace must start with a with a change among among those above. They pollute the oceans, they destroy the lands. Smoke fills every corner of your world. 
it chokes what life is already there. Look at the city below you. Look at what we have created here on Lemuria. This, this has been all created in the past 80 years. Impressive. We can do this everywhere. There's no need for toxins and poisons through the air. There's no need for for the burning of fuels, of the form of life in order to warm yourselves. There's no need for that. Chroma is the energy source that can save this world. And I am not so much a fool to think that such a change is going to happen overnight or is going to happen without a fight. But I still believe it is important for it to happen. The trajectory those above the trajectory of humans is destruction. Dagon and I do not want to destroy humans. We want to save them as well as saving us. Namuria only has so many years left. We cannot live the way that we are now hidden, biding our time. We must submerge soon. So, we hope to, at the very least, begin our plans and make changes before. If we need to rise and we need to to make a fight more in earnest in order to save both our species we are willing to do so that is why it is important to have you you may not be Abzuin but still I believe you can be a bridge to let them understand that that we wish to save both of our species. Uh, Cal takes a moment to, to like ponder this and responds with very noble of you. I do what I must for my people. If I can help more than just the humans above, but also the Absuans below. And uh, protect the way of life for both of them. Then yeah, 
I would do that in a heartbeat. I have a feeling things are going to be in much better hands with you here. Thank you for listening to Dive Rangers episode 23. It's all coming together. Daryl Archideld is wanted in at least 13 countries, all for different crimes, many of which were invented for him, and none of them having to do with the music for our podcast, which he is responsible for. You can follow us on Twitter at off underscore hour or send us an email offhournetwork at gmail.com. If you think we're cool, you can write us a review. Tell your friends about us. If you think we're lame, I mean, you know, like, you don't have to say it out loud. I know it. You know it. You're not writing a review. You're not telling our friends about us. Maybe you are, but now it's going to be more out of pity than anything else. And you know what? Pity listens are still listens. So you're going to go finish this podcast and watch Space Sweepers? Because you you should. Because you should. Because it's fantastic. Seriously. There's a robot in it, okay? You watch it for the robot. The robot's my favorite, okay? And, like, I'm not going to tell you anything more about the robot, Okay, the robot's name is Bubs. But like, aside from that, nothing else. Watch it for the robot. See you next time we update, whenever that is. Is something supposed to be happening? That's what I was waiting for. I was just thinking, this is the quietest we've ever been. Oh, something changed in the sheet. Well, don't look at it just yet, okay? Uh, okay. which? I know what changed not... now. What are we? What are we looking at? Nothing. Don't look at okay. anything. <laughs> if you copy, don't notice it, it's sheet. fine. Okay, I don't notice anything. I don't. Yeah. Wait, which sheet? Close your eyes at? and wait until. What sheet are we not supposed to look eyes. at? So I know not to look at it. <laughs> no, if, you're if, look it, at if it, it doesn't look right, then you know you shouldn't look at it. That doesn't help me. Also, don't now it's fine because it's all done. You don't. You don't have to worry about not looking at things. That's the name of my town in Animal Crossing. You don't have to worry about not looking at things? No, uh, the third thing you added. <laughs> oh, so, uh, says Rumner? Yeah, it's straight up my, my Animal Crossing town. Oh, neat. Okay. Well, then, uh, so things are going to start. Uh, oh, wait, wait, there was one last thing. Living system. Anything that we've changed? Anything that we want to address? Anything at all? think so okay then not yet 
It's the funniest thing I've ever seen. I was watching TV and he, and I shit you not, turns himself into a pickle, John. Funniest thing I've ever seen in my life, John. John, you followed where Selau has asked you to go. And you are back at the park. Park in downtown. And you go past the caution tape, as Selau has instructed you, down towards the statue. The statue that old was kneeling at the one in which she was trying to bury bones 